welcome to the Geek Saga podcast series, Hot D Takes, covering HBO's House of the Dragon, episode by episode. Hi, I'm Tara Lynn of Geek Saga Entertainment, and welcome to Hot D Takes. This podcast series covers HBO's House of the Dragon episode by episode with myself, an avid reader of all things ASWAF, and my friend Manny, a Game of Thrones fan who is unsullied, aka has never read the books, being your stalwart hosts. So first things first, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at A Geek Saga. And I'm Manny, the aforementioned Unsullied co-host, and you can find me at Benissimo Art, or probably not, because it's really not that great yet, but, you know, eventually I'll get there. Thanks for joining us for our second episode. We will cover episode two, House of the Dragon, The Rogue Prince. As a reminder, expect spoilers from the episode we're covering, but less obvious, there will be very minimal book spoilers from Fire and Blood, which is, of course, the source material for House of the Dragon. We'll start with an episode summary, then cover what we think are the main hot takes from the episode and conclude with an episode-specific favorites roundup. We also have a rating system that will, like true Targaryens, fill in when and where we please. And that system includes rating things on a scale from (laughs) 1 to 10 Targ eyebrows. Last but not least, each week we're joined by a special guest. This week, it's Tommy of the TKOK podcast and newly dubbed our ASWAF moderator on Reddit. (laughs) Tommy, where can everyone find you on social media? Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Uh, Really excited to be here. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at the new dad pod, or you can find my personal Instagram at Tommyboy56. We also have a, a Facebook group for the TKOK Podcast Network where you can find out more information about the shows we have and uh, some shows that we're planning to add in the near future. All right. Super excited to have you join us. Now, just one last piece of business <laughs> before we dig in. Don't forget that Geek Saga Entertainment now has a Patreon with 10 tiers ranging from $1 a month to $40 a month. It offers tons of ways to support us and receive some great perks in return. In fact, we recently updated our tiers to include new perks for our $3 per month guard tier and for all tiers from $5 a month and up, including early access to these hot D podcast episodes. Check it out at patreon.com slash geeksaga underscore entertainment and now it's time for the long and short of it our weekly episode summary the rogue prince opens with a scene on the stepstones men dying crabs eating their corpses like listen it's it's bad y'all meanwhile ryan redwine you know of all the songs and stuff has died and the first big question is who's going to replace him but before we can get into that Here's another important question. Can you believe it's been six months since just last week? Because we kind of can't. And and yet it has. And it seems clear that Renera has been trying to take the lead and show everyone that she is worthy of being named Viserys' heir, including being part uh, of choosing Rhyme Redwine's replacement, which uh, at first doesn't seem to be doing the best job of but hey maybe that's uh, good old auto being himself because it's clear she wants someone that has actual combat experience 
and that someone happens to be Kristen Cole, the tourney champion from the season premiere. Insert heart eyes for all the Kristen Cole stands. We know you're out there. And uh, meanwhile, Allison and Viserys are still hanging out, which is just as icky as ever. But hey, here comes Rainey and Corliss with a quote unquote solution. Viserys can marry their 12 year old daughter, Lena. Hooray! And listen, this maybe wouldn't be the worst solution, but the Iron Throne is still very bitey with Viserys, and now he has a wound on his finger that won't heal, which basically just means his time is probably short, and can he even wait until she turns 14 to bed her? <laughs> Fucking ew. <laughs> to be fair, Rainey's Lena's mother isn't fond of this either, but she knows how things are, and when Rhaenyra says, well, I am the queen, I will create a new order, her aunt schools her. Men would sooner put the realm to the torch than to see a woman ascend to the Iron Throne, Rhaenys asserts. And let's be real, history has never proved her wrong. And finally, we come to the reason why this episode is titled The Rogue Prince, because Damon has hide off to Dragonstone with the egg meant for Balon, because he's going to up and marry his paramour, Vesaria, who he kind of claims is pregnant. And while Viserys wants to go check his shit, good old Otto says that's a bad idea and offers to go himself. Which he does, but of course he's about to fail miserably because, lol, Damon ain't accepting that shit. And then Rhaenyra shows up on Cyrax and owns the day. She is, after all, the princess of Dragonstone, and she is not happy that Unky Damon took the egg meant for her deceased bebe brother Balin's cradle. While Damon still insists that he will marry Missaria, she's not actually pregnant, and in the end he tosses the egg back to Rhaenyra. Viserys isn't too happy with Rhaenyra for going to Dragonstone at all. It seems he's angry that she did it without his leave slash against his wishes. But he's also concerned because she's his only heir and could have been hurt. Unfortunately, despite his claims that he doesn't want to take another wife, this might have egged him uh -huh, uh, into doing just that. As he calls a small council meeting and announces that he will marry Alicent Hightower. Which, okay, let's be real, we were all kind of expecting, right? But this soon? And are any of us surprised that both Corliss and Rhaenyra stomp out of this meeting? No, no, we aren't. And then there's another meeting of the Second Sons. Sorry, not the free company by that name, just Corliss and Damon plotting. And on that note, we are going to jump into our hot takes. So, hot take number one... Oh, hey, there is, in fact, an opening theme. I was very excited. There was some Facebook conversation I was a part of where Ashea from History of Westeros, clap, 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 we, we all love Ashea, she's the oh, best. Yes. She did say that there was apparently news that there was for sure an opening theme, yeah. but it hadn't been in, like, public news, or I, I had missed it somehow. So I was really excited to see that there was an opening theme. Excited for you guys, because ha having listened to the first episode, I, I heard your disappointment. I'm, I'm probably in the minority. My hot take was, I'm all for no opening themes. Give me straight. Oh, let's all right. skip all foreplay and go all penetration, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's okay. just go okay. straight to uh, the the gist of it and and get to it. It's funny because as it was playing. I was, I was thinking of you guys and, and very happy for everyone. I was disappointed that they used the same exact music, though. Yep. My wife said it was weird. She was like, isn't it yeah. kind of weird that they use the same music? Let me ask you guys, because I'm a, 
I'm notoriously bad on first watches for picking up a lot of like the small details. Um, was it the red keep that was that your impression that that's what the blood was going through? Some version of the red keep? Yes. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I, I was watching it with my roommate essentially and he has read the books, but he was like, is it just going through the red keep? That is kind of weird. Like, well, and, and it's, it's seals, right? It's, it's right. seals from the realm that it's, it's wax. It's supposed to be wax, at least as far as I could tell. Gotcha. But, but it looks it like just, blood a little bit too. Yeah. And I it's, it, it is blood, but maybe, maybe it could have been, I didn't even think about it being wax. I just thought, you know, it's blood. I, of course it's Targaryens. I mean, it's blood. You know? <laughs> I guess like I assumed it was wax because of the seals thing. I guess. Right, right, no, be... I like that idea. I didn't consider it, but it's like Neither very, very smart. It's also it moving very ways. fast for yeah. wax, to be honest. So like, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but my assumption was it's wax because of the seals. But they move so quickly through the seals and the angle isn't great. Right. I mean, to be honest, I'm dis I was disappointed. I didn't expect it to be Game of Thrones because let's be real, as much as I had issues with that show, the opening was always a delight. I never I never skipped it. Ever. I never skipped it's, it either, it, yeah. It's like Westworld. Like you just you love the music and you love the imagery and you just you don't skip it. But for this one, I I don't know. So 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 I have I have a weird take on this one and and maybe I'm pulling this apart way too much and being a little too cerebral with it, right? Is that when the Game of Thrones opening, you know, the whole sequence, they show all the different areas and the different mm -hmm. lands on the map and like all this kind of stuff, because that's how the show kind of was, you know, kind of showing itself. Like, yeah, these are the different things that we're going to be dealing with. And what I didn't like about this one is that, number one, they're using the Game of Thrones theme as opposed to making something that's more independent, like to theirs because i think what they have going is actually really good two episodes into it like i'm definitely hooked i'm like oh yeah i definitely want to see where this is going so oh, yeah. by just gauging the opening theme or the opening sequence i would assume okay all of these stories are going to take place you know king's landing all these things they all going to take place right here because that's what the opening theme is kind of leading me to believe however in this episode you know, now they're talking about these people on the ocean. They're talking about like all these different things. And now I'm kind of like, well, now it's, I'm kind of getting mixed signals. I know that that's like, that's some brain surgery on that one, pulling that apart. I may be overdoing it, but no, that was no. kind of what I got. No, hundred percent. I think you have to think of it that way. And I think, you know, with truly, I think there's some misdirection here because the, the crab feeder stuff really Again, it's like I think foreshadowing, you know, a little bit more so because we still don't really get to it. You know, we we just see a little bit more. You know, the first episode, it's oh hey, there's this uh Kragas crab feeder and he's gotten his name for his uh, unique methods of of killing people. And then now all of a sudden we're seeing it up close and a little bit. And next episode, it seems like we're headed to a you know full on escalation confrontation. Um, but you know. With the exception of the, uh, you know, the confrontation on Dragonstone, most of it does happen in King's Landing, I, I would argue. You know, it really does. The yeah. the action, you know, for all intents and purposes, um, or, or the action that this episode lacked, perhaps, um, 
you, you know, took place in, in King's Landing. So I still think that could be fair. And because it's moving so fast and I wasn't able to identify, like you guys were saying, like what the actual seals or symbols were. Mm-hmm. I was trying to identify sigils or see if there's something like that. Who knows? Maybe even they gave us a bit of Dragonstone and I didn't even catch it. Uh, it would be interesting. That's one of the first things I'm going to go back and watch a little bit slower. Um, and I, I think we should note that we're recording this, you know, directly after the the recording. So we're on one watch. I mean, we haven't had an opportunity to to get a second watch. In. Yeah, so my brain on. has not like marinated on everything that 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 I've seen. We kind of get some like real raw thoughts, and then I'm gonna go back and listen to this and be like, oh god, I'm such an idiot. The friend I was watching with, I actually have a map of Planetos over my mantle at my house in South Carolina. <laughs> And he paused it and he was like, show me where the stepsons are. And I was like, oh, I mean, I think they're like here. They're in this general area. This is a very broad map. I, <laughs> I think it's these little islands, you know, so they're, they're, they're seemingly unimportant. Right. But in this case, they have become important because the free cities have this have hired these like pirates to basically take over and the whole point is they're trying to i think enact taxes on ships that are going or well taxes in like a piracy way (laughs) on ships (laughs) that are going to westeros so which is why like corliss is big mad because that's his money (laughs) y'all Yeah, well, no, th- like, so these guys are legit. These guys are from uh, the people that are on the steps of stones, like took out all the pirates. It, they were, uh, Kragas is like a, com- a commander of the three sister cities. I forget the if it's like Leesmere and uh pentos or, or what the what three cities make them up. But yeah, so that you know, they're, they're now like, feeling like there's some legitimacy and yeah, taxing the hell out of them. So that was a uh, it, you know, in, in the Stepstones, uh, they kind of remind me, of, I mean, there's better probably comparisons, but it's kind of like bearing straight for just kind of like anthropology purposes. You know, these are like what people thought like the first men kind of walked over on and the children of the forest supposedly smashed them. And now that's why there's this island chain. So it's, uh, you know, there's some mythos there in the Planetos as well. And they're definitely important in terms of trade, but... For sure, uh, yeah. Viserys is wanting to just ignore them. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, any last thoughts on the opening theme such as it is? I mean, I I just was really surprised that it was the same exact music, but I you know. know. Since, since we were talking about like soundtracks, last time we were talking about like Battlestar Galactica, you know, like before this episode came like i kept thinking of like that type of music like those taiko drums you know like because that's what i kind of envisioned in my head to be something like the targaryens you know like i just so to kind of hear the same theme look it's fine it's not a big deal but it just is kind of lame that they're using the same that's it i mean like like the whole sequence is fine you know the sequence is is fine but the music yeah they should have changed it you know they should have given something that was more personal to them you know something more i don't know yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my original hot take that uh, the intros are overrated. You're, you're probably more right than anyone. <laughs> I think that they they have Targaryen specific music, and that's probably they. It, it it is still similar to the overall Game of Thrones theme, and I think they probably couldn't should have used that. That's my yeah. thought. But okay, hot take number two. 
it's been six months. <laughs> <laughs> what with the time skip? I mean, we're in episode two and we already have a sick time skip. I yeah. was very surprised about that. I'm yeah, not saying I'm against it. I was just surprised. And, and it's definitely something that if you weren't paying close attention to, you missed it. And, mm -hmm. you know, like I was, me and my wife were just watching this and, uh, and uh, it was kind of, there was a point where she turned around and asked, I was like, wait, hold on. Was there a time jump that I'm unaware of? I was like, oh yeah, they, they kind of gloss over it when they talk about how long Damon's been in uh, Dragonstone. But yeah, if you got up to get a drink, you might've, you might've messed that up. Yeah. And, and we know there's going to, you know, as you guys said, you know, I don't think this is spoiling. You guys talked about the casting of the two different actresses for Allison and, uh, right. and you know, and Rhaenyra. So we know there's going to be another time skip at some point. So covering a lot of time, especially if you're considering where the show actually starts with, uh, uh, you know, old King Jaehaerys. You know, it's like how many, if doing the calculation, there's probably something like 20, 30 years that we've covered, you know, probably just right now with without another time jump. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's... Uh, but I, I guess you know they must be on a on an interesting time schedule for when the, how long they want to tell the story, right? That's what it tells me. Like they have a, a the the people who are creating the show probably have a very finite amount of seasons they want to get in. So by doing these time jumps, I'm and to me that gives me a little bit of hope. I think there's been a lot of encouraging things with the first two episodes and this show in general. And that to me is another thing. Is like there's a very I think to me just my opinion. There's a very clear picture of where they're going. Um, so. Uh, you know, I, I kind of uh, have been encouraged so far, so I'm going to keep putting trust into the show. I don't know, Manny. As somebody who hasn't read the books, obviously the time time jump between the council at Harrenhal and the main start of the show was one thing, but were you kind of... It kind of, you know, what's funny, though, is that... See, in, in the first episode when they did that little time jump like, like that, it was perfect because it was just, they're just opening it up. This is what's going on. Boom. Like, you know, so to me, that was very natural with it. To have a time jump that's just like six months, you know, and it's just like in the and it's in the middle of, of the episode. And it's like you said, you you would you could have totally have missed it. You know, you if I went to the bathroom, I would have had no idea. And all of a sudden, they all have babies and we're like, dude, what's going on here? You know, like. <laughs> I'm totally cool with, with, with like little bits of like time jump, but I think that the way they just kind of did it so nonchalantly and that it could be really easily missed. I'm just hoping that down the road, and I understand it's just a six month, you know, jump. So it's not a big deal. I'm hoping that when they change actresses that it'll be a little more like, okay, here is what's happening now. Like it kind of builds up a little better, but it didn't really bother me, but yeah, it, 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 it could have been easily missed. And I don't know. I mean, but Probably nothing happened in those six months, so you know. <laughs> right. To be fair, I watched the episode twice. <laughs> I'm not gonna say how, but <laughs> I did. And just the dimension of it being six months later, it was yeah, it was very quick. And I don't have a problem with it per se, but I think that I think that they need to be careful if they're going to keep doing this because it, it, at some point it's going to seem like really forced and I'm sorry, did you really not have any story <laughs> to tell? I mean, listen, we all know the book that this is based on and obviously not going to get into spoilers. It's a historical text essentially. 
So they don't like get into a lot of things. They do absolutely skip forward a lot, but there's a difference between a book that is written as an historical text and a show that is airing week to week. And when it comes to the time jump, when they actually change actresses, that's one thing, but it was to me, it was a little bit off putting that they just had like, Oh, it's six months later. And we're just going to kind of like shove it into one throwaway line and hope everybody notices. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. know. It's not even a complaint. It's just, I don't know, guys, come on. I mean, just have just a little bit of a transition, just something, you know, <laughs> I mean, just give us a fade out, just give us something to where it's like, Oh, okay. some time has passed. Has passed. You know? Yeah, and, and I think sometimes, you know, these uh, showrunners try to straddle the line of, like, respecting an audience's intelligence and also, like, you know, trying to not spoon-feed it stuff. And, uh, you know, so, I, you know. I, I don't oh, know I'm that. sorry. I'm sorry. These showrunners. Yeah, these showrunners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these showrunners specifically. <laughs> but, um, but, no, as I'm listening to you uh, talk about it, I, I you know, two things, uh, you know, I guess – Uh, jumped out at me one considering the main books is thinking about how george uh, wanted to do a five-year gap at one point and poo-pooed it because of this idea he's like well what am i supposed to do say like nothing happened over these five years and that was you know essentially one of the reasons he got rid of it um so uh you know i i think that uh you know jumps out at me um immediately and as far as like an argument against you know just doing these time jumps um but also when you're talking about fire and blood yeah when you're talking about you know 100 you tell 175 uh years of history or more 200 years 300 years of history and you know 300 and something pages uh, you, you can do six months in a paragraph or two right it doesn't seem as egregious um but yeah it did you know, time kind of flew in this episode um but again, I think if if we're if these are the if we're picking nits and you know these are the nits we're picking, it's not so bad, you know, which is a good yeah. again a good sign for well, the for the show. I mean, time kind of flew between these two episodes <laughs> for sure. It really did. Time really flew. Time flies when you're having fun, guys. <laughs> are they having fun though? Are they though? <laughs> we, we're having fun watching them. Yeah. All right. Hot take number three. Corliss for the win. We talked about Corliss last episode and how we felt he was kind of underutilized. So super glad that he was not underutilized in this episode because he just came busting in about that stepstone shit. And there's maybe, you know, some like eh, about offering up his 12 year old daughter as the new queen to this super sus kind of super sus, about, uh, yeah, to, to this elderly Viserys. But right. yeah, there, there's there's a lot of Corliss stuff. Like he stomped out when she was refused. You know, when Viserys chose somewhere else. And then he was like plotting with Damon at the end. Like he's finally getting some plot. I, I and I think I don't know, even finally isn't even the right word. Like he's getting some plot, you know, he's getting yeah. some plot like very quickly, which I love because in the first episode, uh, and we talked about it in, in our first episode, it seemed like he was kind of underutilized. So I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on all the core list because he was he was pretty high he's pretty high stakes in this episode well yeah, and i'm especially interested to hear manny's thoughts uh on this 
you know, um, it was good to like see him. I honestly thought that his character was just going because again, I haven't read the book, so I don't know right. anything about anybody. I thought honestly, he's just going to be the guy who sits at the table and says a few words every now and then, and like that's it. I didn't take him as like like a key player, you know. I mean, he he looks great, you know, his his design, you know, character design, everything is is fantastic, and I was like, I, I hope they do something, you know, with him and just don't have him as like a round table discussion kind of guy you know and he was going to do something what are your thoughts on his backstory like like what do you because i'm it's hard for me to even uh separate what i know about him so uh you know yeah yeah as far as uh his do, do you know have they given you any his history other than he's you know what they said in this this episode you know we're a valerian house I don't think they did anymore uh, that, or I just don't remember it, which is totally possible. Okay. Well, yeah. Much, but... If you've not read the text, right? He's married to Rainey's, right? So she's the queen who never was. We know that. They mention a couple times that he's very rich, and I, it, it's, it's, yeah. There, there's very, very little. Given. Okay, that's what I figured. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I hope they paint that picture. And yeah, I, I know that's one of the spinoff show possibilities. Are is like his younger years. Um, that's like you know one of the, and and he's such a fan favorite from book readers. You know, people really love him. I I I feel that even with the added screen time and uh, and he was great. I love the actor as well. Uh, Stephen Toussaint is fantastic. Fantastic. Um, really great performance um but i i hope they give us you know and I, I trust that they will but you know something a little bit more because i knowing what i know i want someone like manny to to get all that you know and and uh to buy into the character because it, it does help you like have more like blood in the game right yeah and and that was one thing i did appreciate about what they did with his character in this episode because you know look coming from like my point of view i don't know anybody anyone sitting at the table as far as far as i know look one of them is going to die of a heart attack in this scene and i have no idea you know like who knows you know so it's like in and, episode you know, nine six of them are going to have their heads shot yeah exactly <laughs> and exactly if it's one thing that watching the original game of thrones shows was just don't get attached to anyone because you know who knows you know so i i'm always cautious about liking anyone because i'm like well i'm gonna have to say goodbye to them i'm gonna get pissed but it was cool to like you know, because I, I I I liked the fact that he like stormed in there and was like saying, and then when when that thing with you know the arranged marriage or whatever he like storms out, you know, and I was like okay, and then when he stormed out, at that point I was already kind of like surmising. I was like, oh okay, something something's gonna happen here, you know, he's gonna go to a uh, Damon or something like that. Like I was like something's gonna happen. So it it it, it was really cool to see it, and I love that they have like another. I'm not going to say antagonist because, you know, we're not really sure, but it's nice that they have another player in there because at first it was like, okay, it's going to be Damon. It's going to be Damon and it's going to be Damon. But now when you're, you're kind of seeing these other kind of pieces falling into place and it definitely made it like a lot more exciting for me anyway, you know? I think that something that was said in some interviews and that's not super spoilery is that Martin was saying that there's, there's no Arya there's no John, you know, there's no, there's no character you can get behind. That's absolutely like this character is 
good, which I no don't necessarily agree with because also like both of them, like all of the characters in Game of Thrones were flawed in their own ways. Like Arya sure. was literally a murderess. Okay. Yeah. Love, yeah. love her, love her, but still a murderess. Sansa yeah. is the best, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, he said that in this show, there it's going to be hard to get behind any one character because none of them are inherently good none of them none of them really are a character that that you're going to say like this guy right like this this girl this guy this person is somebody who is great and i i think that Already they're doing a good job with that with Corliss because in episode one, he didn't really have much of a story, right? But he still seemed to be a voice of reason. And then in episode two, he still has that voice of reason thing because he has a point about the Stepstones stuff, but also there is some personal gain behind it you know personal issues behind it because his standing his money etc can be affected by it and then obviously he's offering his little year old daughter up to be you know the new queen and oh but like she doesn't have to be with him until she's 14 it's like oh this is still really gross this guy's like 50 this guy's like 50 like this this child this child is younger than my youngest stepchild and this king is older than my husband as far as i can tell so well, yeah and but i guess if if there's like a a way to look at it it's that they kind of whitewashed that a little bit from the the a game of thrones series right because like by aging up a lot of the actresses, you know, like Khaleesi, uh, you know, da mm. Daenerys Targaryen and, and Jorah, uh, you know, the age discrepancy in the books is way more startling than the show made it seem, which makes that whole relationship just uh, much more icky, right? Than oh, I mean, Khaleesi, uh, Daenerys and Khal Drogo exactly. is yeah. huge. She's like 13 right, right. when she marries him and he's like in his 20s. So, you know, at least, I, I mean, I don't know, I guess, you know, like, give the show, again, the showrunners credit for showing the ugly side of this, you mm -hmm. know, like, this period of time where you're literally, you know, like, forcing little girls to marry, you know, like, old men that, uh, you know, like, there's, and, and that is where uh, I, I think is, the you know, the show is, is kind of doing a, an okay job of starting to paint some of these tragic characters, you know, like, you guys talked about a uh, Viserys, um, you know, last week a little bit uh, being, you know, George, George's quote about it, about how he didn't like writing them. Um, but he, you know, felt the show did a much better job of showing him as being conflicted or, you know, kind of, uh, you know, you feel bad for him. And I think, you know, Damon is there, you know, I, you know, I'm starting, I thought they had an opportunity, a missed opportunity in today's episode but, you know, some of the stuff we saw with him, I think you're starting to see, you know, he didn't get to pick his own wife. He's, uh, you know, a second son as he's kind of surmising with Corliss. Um, you know, there's that Condal quote, like, all he really wants to do is be by his brother, uh, you know, and there's everyone near his brother trying to keep him away from him. So, 
um, you know, but uh, yeah, knowing what we know about uh, as book readers about the dance, there aren't really a lot of likable characters. So, you know, so like George isn't too far off in that quote, you know, like where there isn't an Arya Stark, it's hard. There's a lot of people that are just really hard to root for in this, in this story, the way it plays out. So I mean, I'm still going to forever stand Corliss. <laughs> well, and I was going to say also, like, like <laughs> when 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 he wanted, you know, the king to marry his <clears throat> 12-year-old daughter, like, <sighs> I really, th- there was a part of me that really felt like he's doing this for, like, the good of the realm and not to, like, try to have, you know, his line intertwined with, like, like honestly, and, and again, maybe i'm completely naive like that and i'm totally wrong but that was like the feeling i got it was like okay he's being noble about this like he's he's trying to do the right thing for the realm you know so i think there's a mix i think there's a mix there i think he absolutely thinks he's doing the right thing for the realm but i also think that they're or no i also knowing knowing Corliss um, from the books, you know, again, not to be spoilery, but like knowing Corliss from the books, he, he also has a, an agenda and having his daughter on the throne when his wife was passed over is important to, to, to him. And I really think to both of them, but we'll get into that when we talk about Rainey's in a bit, because we are going to talk about Rainey's in a bit. I, I think the word with him is pride, and I think that's what the actor mm-hmm. does such a good job of conveying, is yep. Corliss's pride. You know, it it's really comes through on the screen. Nice. And he also, I mean, I just... I, I'm just so excited that he got more in this episode. Sure. I'm so excited to see more of him. Like he's, like I said, he's finally getting some plot, y'all. Very right. excited. And, and and I think you know, I'd rather have them slowly give us, you know, his backstory than just give us like an exposition dump, you know, really yeah. right before a battle with the crab feeder. So I, I don't want to make it seem as though I'm complaining that we haven't gotten that yet. But I do hope that they really give uh, you know the the viewers who haven't read enough information to love them as much as everyone else does um but yeah i I think also they're they're taking steps to make certain characters not too likable like maybe that's why you know Mm -hmm. to your point last week about the realm's delight why not introduce some of that because it makes it maybe too one side too easy to root for renero who's already super likable yeah Um, you know so well which they aren't (laughs) really but right (laughs) meanwhile hot take number four lena is adorable oh it's all was adorable man i mean i mean it's so cute she's trying so hard her wig is still so bad oh i'm 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 not i i'm mm, about that wig like i don't i don't know how feel about it like it just reminded me of those like victorian those fake wigs at the you know back in the victorian era and it's like but i love lena she was so sweet when she was like you are the last person to ride valerian the black dread yeah 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 i like that we got a little bit of that um you know, I, I like that the show just struggles with these wigs, right? You know, whether it be Game of Thrones trying to get Rhaegar's wig or, yep. um, you know, not. I'm all... sorry, you mean Viserys' old ratty wig that they just plopped on the 
Rengar's Rengar, death. yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I hope that we get, you know, I actually give, uh, I'm, I'm going to maybe steal a little bit of your guys' thunder. I'm going to give it 10 Targaryen eyebrows, the fact that they still can't get the uh, Targaryen wigs right. <laughs> I enjoy the fact that we, uh, <laughs> that we have bad wigs to talk about and they keep giving us some bad wigs. Okay. And I hope it becomes a thing where, like, they just, like, now we will just, it'll be, like, a Sia wig in season two, where it's just, like, a Targaryen wig that covers, like, everything in triangular, um, <laughs> maybe something cool like that. Right. Also, you're not, for. you're not stealing our thunder. That's the point. Okay. <laughs> the yeah, point like, is to, to just break things by Targaryen eyebrows yes. whenever you feel like it. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. But she was so she was so cute. She's and great. So sweet. There were a lot of things that happened in this episode, but I wanted to bring her to the forefront because uh it was so weird and it was it was like weird and gross and sweet and gross, you know? Yeah. Like Yeah, I, I like saw her and when she's walking with the king, it's like the, the daddy instinct in me came out. Oh, to yeah. where I'm like, Oh sweetheart, you need to go home. Like you yeah. need to go home. <laughs> it, I mean I I half expected Chris Hansen to like peer yeah. around a bush and be like, <laughs> Hey serious, here's a towel, go put this on, get out of here. Get out of here. Targab sixty nine, get out of yeah. here. <laughs> He's like, I brought some arbor mist. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But she was so, like, I mean, she was so cute. And she was trying so hard because this yeah. is what her parents expected of her, which is also sure. kind of gross. She's doing her duty, you know, which is sad. That's the that's the hard part and the reality. And, um, you know, that's, it's a, uh, you know, they, they're painting a very brutal picture for women in this world. And it's uh-huh. super accurate, you know, as far as, like, this world. In, in just a medieval times and you know i know things haven't changed super uh, you know a lot since then so a little bit better but you know it's just it's brutal you know and and uh you know they, they're not really pulling any punches with that in the first two episodes yeah no they they have clearly wanted and i think that the fact that they're not aging characters up in this show yeah I do not disagree that they did it yeah. with Game of Thrones at all. I think that it was necessary, but I think that in this show with what they want to portray, they need to keep it true to the text because otherwise they aren't going to make the point they want to make. And God, they made it hardcore last week with Emma's c-section which i rewatched again today before i watched this episode and and what i like about this episode is how you know like so you you get something so in your face with uh ama aaron and then you have something so much more subtle but still unnerving with allison's her you know her fingers and what she's doing to herself you know Mm -hmm. there's a scene with her dad where he's like you know you're the most comely girl in court why are you destroying yourself you know, so you're seeing just like how, you know, the different tolls that it takes, you know, whether it be, you know, in your face gore, more subtle, uh, slowly uh, kind of, uh, you know, picking away at, you know, piece by piece. Well, we didn't really talk about that at all 
in the last episode, but yes, like when she's picking at her fingernails, it's an anxiety thing. Yeah. Right. Like she, she doesn't want to be there. She doesn't want to have to be doing this. She feels forced. Yeah. Right. And they didn't show it in this episode the way they did last week, but it's all very like dark and for sure. Uh, consider every like, female in this episode really is doing something they don't want to do really when you think of it you know like mm-hmm. every single one of them except um, for maybe Rhaenyra but we'll yeah but uh, yeah I mean like here's I, I feel like this uh, you know yeah I, I, it's hard to talk about that without uh, you know spoiling any you know something but I feel like there's a lot of foreshadowing for you know something she's not going to want to have to do or she's not going to want to do soon yeah. I mean, I don't think that's a spoiler. I think that's last week and this week. There's just so much of that women just being, <laughs> I mean, in the case of Emma, like she didn't, she literally didn't have a choice in the case of Allison. She, I don't think she has a choice either. Right. No. And no, for that's sure. why, she that's like why it, uh, she is so picking, at her, picking <laughs> at her fingernails but bringing us into hot take number five, yeah. Rainey's being that bitch, giving the <laughs> yeah. hot takes. Like, yeah. Rainey's is just giving the hot takes herself. It bothers Rainey's that Lena is being offered up to the king. I'm glad oh. to know that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, and when Rhaenyra says, when I'm queen, I'll create a new order, P.S., like, Come on, Rhaenyra, don't be rude to your aunt. Because she, the, the, that whole conversation with them was just like, girls, stop being bitches to each other, okay? Right. But Rainey's response was legit. Yeah. Men would sooner put the realm to the torch than see a woman ascend the Iron Throne. And obviously she knows that by experience. And do you guys think She's super bitter about it. I, I feel like she's like a little bit bitter about it, but not like super angry. I feel like she's just like the vibe I got is that she's just resigned to that's the way life is. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like whatever. Like honestly, I saw a lot of uh, a lot of myself in that conversation with her because it's just kind of like there's just things that are you're just like, do I like it? No. But <laughs> It's it is what it is, you know. Yeah, there's some jadedness there. I also yeah. think, to me, it reminds me a lot of the ongoing kind of back and forth with the student loan discussion, where there's like a large segment of people who are like, "Well, listen, I fucking paid my student loans, and so I don't think it's fair that this person is just this young person is thinks they're going to come in and get their student loans unpaid for." And I think, you know, like, hey, I was a woman, I was the next. That was supposed to be there. They I, they had a council and they picked this asshole. So, like, what do you think is going to happen for you? Like, no, you're go ahead, have your pipe dream. You can get, you can change it, but it's you know, you should have to go through the same shit I went through. Yeah. But Rainey's, she's Tommy, like you said, she's not necessarily angry about what happened, but. She also has a really good handle on what the future is. And she's not wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
yes, all of these people pledge their loyalty to you, but what happens when your daddy marries someone else and has a boy? <laughs> what happens when they do a time jump and all those people are no longer alive? <laughs> like, yeah, that's like, exactly. You know, like it's. <laughs> Uh, if we can jump six months in between episodes one and two, you know. Well, yeah, yep. and we have we have older actresses, so just keep that in the back of your mind. Or they're coming, they're coming at yep. some point. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think. Uh, well, and, and before I say this point, have you guys seen the meme? Uh, it was made of like uh, Rainey's and and Corliss at the tourney, and it's them, and it's, they're just like smoking blunts up in the high stands. <laughs> yes. Just yes, like kick back. No, uh, I haven't seen that. It looks old. dope. Um, and, and, you know, like, to me, that's what it's like. I don't know. Like, Corliss, Corliss and Rainey's remind me of, like, a couple that I've, like, chopped it up with. And I'd go over and I'd smoke blunts. And, like, you know, like, homegirls just, like, spit knowledge. And, like, Corliss is just, like, some, like, battle-proven dude that, like, you know, he's got all this war stories. And, like, his girl's really smart. And you're just like, this is, I like, I like hanging out with this couple. Like, I just like coming over here and, like, I like, I like talking to them. Um, yeah, they seem like the couple that I'd like to go chill with the most so far that I've been introduced to. But they also spit the real truth, For and sure. nobody wants to hear it. Like yeah. Rainier doesn't want to hear it. The small council doesn't want to hear it from Corliss. Like, yeah, and like, and you know, should be said. I, and again, this is not spoilery, I don't think. But like, you know, Viserys's like reign was, you know, primarily described as like peaceful and like everyone was really happy because he was so like he was a yes man you know he just like wanted to he was a people pleaser and you know he a lot of people a lot of like really the lords all got pretty wealthy off of you know while he was there and uh not a lot of was put into infrastructure but uh, you know like the yeah the it, people looked at his reign because he just didn't want to like, he avoided conf confrontation and conflict and uh so this is like in character a little bit like they don't show him as like jovial as they did in the books but uh <laughs> certainly his like disdain for confrontation and uh and avoidance of that sort of thing is, is true to his uh true to his nature well we talked about that last week dan mentioned yeah. it about how in fire and blood he's shown as being like hur, 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 <laughs> like a glass of wine yeah. and like Rah! just like he kind of looks like to be honest, like a sop. Yeah, for <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. And I know that Martin said he hated writing about Viserys. He he had no like connection to him, right? Yeah. And that in the series they make him more relatable. And I'm over here just like I mean, yes, he's not wrong. He is more relatable, but not in a good way. So <laughs> I honestly think that he's just, uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, Ned Stark light, you know, like that's, that's what I gather from him because he comes off as almost like they're trying to write the same type of character, but he's just not as likable or like as warm as the other one. So I have a mm. little bit of a hard time kind of caring you know, like, like about his character. Like I see what he's doing and honestly at the table, you know, he really is kind of a more of a gentle guy. He is kind of trying to do the right thing, but he, I don't know. I'm having a hard time connecting with this character at all. You know, he just seems kind of more of like a, of like a pushover, you know, 
because honestly, if it was me, I would have been like um, Rhaenyra and I would have sent the dragon to where those pirates were and just decimated them because that's what should have been done just to send a message. Right. Like that's that's where I would have been. And this guy's like, oh, no, I don't want to risk open war. I'm like, bro, you got dragons. Go use them. If you throw fire on those people, they won't do it again. You know? Yeah. I see. I think they they have an opportunity. I thought they had an opportunity to make him very relatable or more, uh, you know, uh, s- someone I was sensitive towards. But the the whole, the decision to take the baby out, I, I don't know. I mean, I have. I'm I'm a father of two. I still think you know, like knowing what I know and having that decision, I would you know choose my wife every time. And I don't know if that makes me a bad person, but. I had a hard time relating to that decision. And afterwards, uh, you know, just, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I found it. I just disliked that decision. It made me dislike him more. Um, and that's not really clear in the books that that happened that way. You know, like she dies in the books and in the, but it doesn't say like there was this decision that was made and it doesn't mean that it, it, it didn't go down that way. Um, but I feel like if you're trying to make it more relatable, that was an odd decision for me. Um, well, yeah, and I think that that's the part that was like the like disconnect was the fact that he didn't even like consult her. It was just, oh, this is what has to do because having an heir is like the most important thing. So meanwhile, I'm going to tear this baby out of you know my wife, and she's going to die. However, if I just let the baby go, maybe she can you know that you have a better opportunity of producing more heir when your wife is alive. Right, right. So if the baby was breach right there was probably no way that both her and the baby could live even with modern medicine if the baby is breech and they can't turn it they will schedule a c-section so what i do disagree with is the fact that he didn't tell her what was actually happening right like she she did not have any clue what was happening another thing also that made me think would they not have had something to like knock her out i think they say that they because they offer milk of the pocket but they say that we can't give her any more out of risk for the baby gotcha okay yeah okay so but i also thought they said at one point like hey you're gonna have to like choose between one or the other but that might i might have just been like maybe they said it in a different way where i was like hey you're gonna have to think like you could either lose both of them or you can save the baby i think it was you can lose both or you can save one Gotcha. And I think it was always going to be the baby. Well, yeah, I, I guess I, I misread that scene because I was like, I thought he had the choice. Like, I can save my wife or I can save a potential heir. And he was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to take the air. Give me the air. Like, that's more important right now, given how like crazy he was in that episode about the having a, having a boy. That does make it a little slightly more tragic. And yes. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, his relationship with Damon and the pull between his daughter and his his brothers. Yeah. You know, I, I can. I think he does. The actor uh, does a good job of that. But yeah, it, I'll have to go back and rewatch that scene. And uh, if you know, if, if indeed you're right, then for sure I misread it, and he's much more tragic. Hot take number six. Oh, Damon, what you doing? <laughs> so, Damon stole Dreamfire's egg, the egg that Rhaenyra had put in her supposed baby brothers Balon's cradle. Damage is going to be polygamous and marry Missaria and the egg is for her baby, which P.S. she's 
not actually prego with this baby and doesn't even want. Viserys wanted to confront Damon, but good old Otto said, nah, I'll do it. Only yep. he was going to fail until Rhaenyra showed up on Syrax. And then we get some Damon v. Kristen Cole snark, which yeah. love. Yes. And Renera talks some shit because she's the princess of Dragonstone. And she's like, what are you going to do? Kill me? Like, <laughs> and he just, Damon just literally throws the egg. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking like, this is some baseball shit. It's like, here, just toss, <laughs> toss yep. the egg and hope you catch yep. it. No luck. <laughs> He tosses the egg over his shoulder to Rhaenyra. P.S. I love that little cradle, that little hot pot <laughs> cradle they had for it. <laughs> he does still want to be married to Masari, but she definitely isn't pregnant and she doesn't want to be. And she's kind of mad about that. Like, she's like, why did you tell them I was pregnant? I don't want children. <laughs> I don't like I don't want gold, I don't want power, I don't want station. I just want to be free of fear. And the end of that story, but holy shit, he's been, a whole lot of stuff happened. He's been busy over the six months, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the part that was kind of like a little weird to kind of swallow because it was like, oh, he's been, you know, holed up here the whole time and and all this kind of stuff. And also with like uh, Masseria or whatnot, um, the whole I want to be free from fear thing. Is there something that I missed? Like what? I mean, is that just exactly what she means? Like, or is there some other element to something? She was a slave. She came over from being a slave. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just feel like that, 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 I mean, I don't know. Like the whole like free from like fear thing is just such a vague and all encompassing like kind of concept i wish they would have like gave her a little more you know on that that's one of my probably hot takes is that i think you know in a similar vein uh as what everyone was preaching um in your first episode that you know Carlos valeria needs more screen time he needs to be fleshed out as a character more i'm i'm gonna say that for masaria and yeah. uh and I think uh, one of the big differences I noticed between uh, book and show involves this character. I'm hoping that, that, you know, we won't talk about it because hopefully it comes down later down the road. But um, this is one of my favorite characters, you know, in when I say minor characters in these like uh, fleshed out, uh, semi fleshed out worlds. Um, so I was really excited to see that a, a that they had casted for the character and and then B the actress and, and who they casted. Uh, I think you know they're phenomenal uh, and I, I just hope to get more um, in episode one. I I think there were some subtle things that that, that were done, um, but then I just you know I, I want more. So uh, here's the hoping that 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 actress and that character get a little bit more screen time because. Um, you know, I, I think that would only be good for the show. I hope so too, because you know, it's like if this would have been the original, you know, Game of Thrones, and like the Khaleesi was like, I want to be free. Like I know exactly <clears throat> what she wants to be free from. Right? There's right. like no explanation needed. So that was the only thing with this, where it's like, because number one, the actress is amazing. Like I sat down to watch Ex Machina, mm -hmm. and I saw her, and then it was actually the day before the first episode. So I was like, <laughs> like "Oh man, she's in this! Like she's awesome." Yeah. 
you know so it's really cool because you know i like her you know a lot i just i don't know i feel like trying to put her motivation down so early without knowing like what her character is about is the only disconnect that i really have with the character right now i think it's weird that damon was like she's gonna have my baby and then yeah. she was like i don't want to have your baby <laughs> like, like what are you talking about <laughs> Like, are you talking about me? I don't want this. Like, yeah. I guess you, girl. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. Well, again, for for reasons that that th- that whole scene threw me, and I was kind of concerned. I, I didn't know why she stormed off, you know, on the bridge, and I'm like, what's okay? What is going on? Um, so yeah, I, I I do hope they really delve into this character. I hope uh, you know we get a lot more of her. It was a weird. Why did he tell them that she was pregnant? <laughs> and then she wasn't. And she was like, um, I never wanted to be pregnant, douche. <laughs> like I just wanted this egg, apparently. Uh, like but not so I much mean, that yeah, you just like don't fork it over the minute you're like your <laughs> your niece is like, Well, they hit me or or give me my egg, you know, basically. It's like, oh, all right, here's your egg. That's what it seemed I mean, like. It seemed like a big brother picking on like the little sister, and then the parents come in. And they're like, "You better give her back her ball." Right? Yeah. It's like, nah, okay, you know, for sure. But also the fact that he stole Dreamfire's oh, egg, like yeah. the same egg that Rhaenyra put in her baby brother's cradle. Come on, Damon. Yeah, there's some I poetry mean, there. Are we trying to be the just biggest asshole? Petty. We're just trying to be super petty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean the the Damon v Kristen Cole snark was strong. Well, that was gonna say. Speaking of petty, yeah, that was that was uh, good. Yeah, if if I need more Masaria, I also need more of that. Give me just give me a like a a telenovela with just those two, (laughs) and they're they're just like fighting over the same bombshell, and I'll just eat spoon feed me that for a couple hours, and uh, and have it lead right into House of the Dragon. I'll be a happy man. It was very good. They had they had very good like just acting chemistry with each other, to where it was like that interaction back and forth of short, sweet, yeah. but it was like I felt it. You know, it was yeah. Like, Oof. You want to see these two fight? You know what? Yeah. It, it, for all the for you know for for all the grief you give Ned Stark, I, I'll say it kind of gives me uh, the vibes of Ned Stark and Jamie in season one. Mm-hmm. How there was like mm-hmm. you yep. know there was all that tension and there's you know like. All you wanted was like, God, I want to see these guys fight. And there's even that scene where Jamie's like, you know, are you going to be in the turn? He's like, well, I don't fight people because I don't want them to see what I'm going to look like when I actually f- try to kill him. He's like, oh, that was pretty badass. Yes. Um, so, yeah, there's a little bit of that, which I, I really enjoy. I think that with Damon and Kristen, it's like it's that boy band fight that you always wanted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to see that boy band. But like, here's Damon with his gold cloaks. And yeah. here's Kristen with the rest of the with, king's with the white cloaks, yeah. And they're just yeah. like snap, 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 yeah. and up in each other's faces. <laughs> That's right, the Jets yeah. and the Cobras. Yeah, it's great. Uh, these guys, I want them to dance fight. I want them to kiss fight. I want them to yeah. sword fight. And let's do it all. All the fights. Everybody wants Damon and Kristen to just like. Exactly. Yeah. That's the ship I'm shipping for. So yeah. yeah I don't, I'm not gonna spoil what happens, but maybe maybe it does and maybe it does. <laughs> I mean, do they kiss do they kiss though? 
<laughs> That's what I want to say. Let's just say the sword fight. <laughs> it's a sword fight of sorts. They of sorts. sword fight. All right, hot take number seven. And I'm sorry, but this is you, but Sarah's ex Alicent. <laughs> I'm pretty sure no one but Otto wants this. No, but you know what? They almost make it somewhat more palatable by setting up the idea that he's gonna, you know, Viserys might have to marry a twelve-year-old, and then you're like, "Oh, that's that that leaves a very unpleasant taste in my mouth." And then they're like, "Well, here's something slightly, it's a little bit more pleasant, but still unpleasant." Yeah. It's uh, like the uh, like yeah, because like that whole scenario, it's like the uh, it's like the gas prices, right? You're paying two fifty, <laughs> and then it goes up to five, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's yeah. five! And it's like, no, wait a minute, we're bringing it down to four fifty, and everybody's like, "Oh, uh, thank God!" Yeah, exactly. Oh. That's a great analogy. That is fantastic. <laughs> that's that is uh, that's precisely what it's like. Yeah. How old is Allison supposed to be? Like sixteen at most. I think they age her down a little bit. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think she's. 18 when she marries him in the book so i think she's probably like 16 you know somewhere right right around there i mean yeah. she looks like a child yeah she, she might like, be she might be 13 but you know somewhere between 13 and, and 16 yeah yeah so she's marriageable and bettable yeah. you know yeah nobody wants this. no except for a good old auto Auto. Oh, by the way, dad of the you, year. You, yeah. yeah, you did. I'm, you did listen to last week's episode, so yeah. we only ever refer to Otto as That's good old, good old Otto. Otto. Good old Otto. He did. He didn't want Craster to go just undefeated as worst dad in Westeros. So he's. Like, I'm gonna throw my. I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring. Throw my hat in. Yeah, I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna be the best. You know, like, I don't. Seriously, Allison is sweet. But it seems like she's just doing what she's told. A thousand and percent. Then Viserys announces that he's marrying her, and not shockingly, not just Corliss, who's obviously mad because he's not gonna <sighs> marry Lena, yeah. but Renera is like. That scene was one of my favorites in the episode where right before he names he names Allison, he gives her the look and you see Renera just shoot her eyes over and it's like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Because that, you know, like they she just talked to her dad. They had that conversation, which kind of forebodes her, you know, he's like, Well, you understand, you know, like what I, I what I have to do for the realm. And she's like, Yeah, I understand, Dad. Um, and it's kind of like foreboding like for me, foreshadowing the idea that, like, hey, if you understand, then you're gonna have to understand when I ask you to do something you don't want to do. Um, but then it's like, uh, you know, and then it's this idea like she thinks it's Lena. You know, she's she saw them walking and she had that talk with with Rainice and uh, you know she thinks she knows what's coming and it's like she's totally sideswiped. Um, you know, I, I just thought that scene was so well acted by. Um, by everyone involved so that, that would be one of my, you know it's i'm not going to put it on my favorites uh for the roundup but that that's that was highly up there as well as the scene in the sept which i want to ask you guys about just really quickly i know it's a little off topic but when they did their prayer right she's like okay let's do our prayer i thought like how funny if they're both like praying to be queen right <laughs> you know i i think she says something about like uh missing her mom or something afterwards which leads you to believe that maybe it was about her mom or even about her dad or something but um, I just had that thought when they're in the sept and they're praying and I'm like, 
how fucking you know you know they're both doing this prayer of like you know because allison i i do agree uh tara that it does seem like she's just doing what she thinks her dad wants to do like i don't think this is what she truly wants but you know in that scene i had to wonder like is you know does she does she have more ambition than we think you know it was the one time i wondered because it was just like they're what if they're both sitting there like praying to be queen i would actually say that she was probably praying to be left the fuck alone. <laughs> so in the books, Allison is a lot, is portrayed as a lot more forward and wanting to be part of this. But I don't think that's what the show is going for at all. I think with her like picking at her nails and being just anxious even every time she's with Viserys it it's she's always being very kind but I feel like it's always first right and I'm hoping obviously I could but my thought is that she doesn't actually want this and that she's probably prepared to just be left the fuck alone <laughs> right i just don't think that she has that ambition yeah that we see i i mean i don't even know if it's written in the book because we're seeing it from you Three know like sources. a historical right from a historical yeah. perspective yeah, and, and no, in all three sources, neither of them agree, and it's a, uh, it, yes. it's yeah. It, it was interesting to hear George talk about that in the History of Westeros uh, interview, where he was talking about how like he came about that idea of doing like research for a building, an actual building that existed. He's like, he couldn't find any research like multiple sources that corroborated the same number of floors so he's like here's something that's real that was only like a couple hundred years ago, and I have all these sources that say it's like twenty two stories. 20 18 stories 19 stories um you know so yeah, yeah it's intentionally misleading where there is no true source and you know it's, i think they asked him like is so is the show canon is it like you know confirming what in the books is true he's like nope it's just the show <laughs> like that's just the show canon which was kind of interesting um so yeah um yeah it, it, i i guess it would the only my only thought would be if if george is saying like hey everyone's kind of like awful or everyone's gray uh you know if alisant doesn't present some sort of ambition at some point it doesn't have to be early on it could be later on um then you know she becomes a pretty like white character in my eyes or like just very tragic you know yeah. it's like oh you know she was just thrust into this she doesn't want any part of it now she's stuck in the middle of something crazy that she doesn't want to be part of um so yeah but yeah ill ill to alisan viserys and shame on hbo for making me think that that was more palatable than uh viserys in a 12 year old <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Manny? I don't know because I don't really have a good read on our on her character. I feel like part of me feels like she is kind of wants to do it because she's just a good person and she wants to do like the right thing. But then another part is no, like she's not. You know, she's just doing it because her dad. I guess maybe from like you know from watching you know the old show when somebody's parent would try to get them to do something or brother or whatever it always comes off as a little more vicious than what this one was you know because it seemed like good old auto was trying to like <laughs> hey it's for the good of the realm you know like we need an heir you know so it, it seemed like <clears throat> i don't know how to say it without sounding terrible but i mean i guess it seemed a little more noble i guess you know even though 
he's really doing it. We all <laughs> auto here. We know what he's yeah. doing, but you know, <clears throat> I don't know. Even so, Manny, who hasn't read the books, is yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh, good auto. This motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We know what he's fucking doing. But so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think that that's one that I'm going to have to kind of. I'm going to have to on. Sit, on, sit on that one for a little bit, you know, so. All right. Well, on that note, it is time for our favorite roundup. Favorite so, roundup. Tommy, favorite moment. Moments, whatever. You can do more than one. It's fine. Yeah. So, I mean, the first one that stands out to me was actually one of the, it was kind of an ew moment, but also, uh, so, one of the cool things about this show is I feel like it's giving us these little bits of, even though I just said George says that, okay, this is show canon. It has nothing to do. Um, there's like, you know, last week we had the prophecy, right? And we got that little tidbit um, as well as like this model of Valeria that he's sadly in there carving. And now, uh, you know, he we get a little bit more information on Valeria when he's like, oh, this is, uh, you know, the face of the, the volcano where everyone stayed. And this is where the blood, the Agamemnon or something, where the blood mages work their magic. Uh, that's a favorite because I know, like, I'm going to see people who are much more smarter than me on Reddit in the next, like, 12 hours uh, connecting dots. Because I feel like that's what they're doing. Like, George puts that little, you know, he talks to Ryan and Condal and, and Miguel's spontaneous and he's he gives them these little bits and then they put them in there and it helps us just connect more dots so uh, i'm excited to see smarter people connect those dots and also in that scene there was something i really liked it's one of my favorite moments uh viserys like fumbles the dragon like literally fumbles the dragon and it falls and it breaks um and, and i think you know as i'm watching that i'm like this has to be some sort of like slap you over the head symbolism for me to like notice it this first time <laughs> And then, you know, I'm normally not good at that, but I'm like, oh, here he is. He's fumbling the dragon. Now it's, it broke. He fumbled it and then he broke it. And later on, what do we see? We see Alessand giving him the, the fixed dragon, giving him this, you know. So, um, you know, I think taking into consideration, uh, you know, what he what seems to be the focus of the first couple episodes, which is succession and his inability to provide the realm with a male heir. Um, and then Alessand gives him this dragon, which is symbol, you know, symbolic of Targaryens. I think, um, you know, there's a lot to chew on there. There's a lot of meat on that bone. I thought that was kind of interesting. It was reminiscent in that first episode when uh, Alicent and Rhaenyra are talking about um, Nymeria and uh, and she rips the page out of Nymeria's book, like literally rips a page out of Nymeria's book. I thought that was like very symbolic and, uh, you know, wasn't at all coincidental um so i i, I like that it's the the people who are doing the show are giving us these moments that are uh you know like face value they serve a point but also they're they're meta or they're allegorical um the other thing i had on here i wanted so this doesn't actually happen in this episode but i just wanted one of my favorite things was giving you guys kudos for talking for having childbirth in your first episode because it is such like a brutal part of uh you know like not not to you said you're a history major this is something very dangerous you know the mortality rate for women going back not too far uh it was crazy and i think george does a good jo good job of uh, illustrating this and even in the main series you have like Tyrion and john and danny all have they all lose mothers in childbirth so it's very prevalent it's you know when someone uh loses a mother in childbirth or someone dies giving childbirth it's normally like oh it's something i pause and pay more attention to and 
Uh, I was glad you guys uh, paid so much attention to it in the first episode. Um, yeah, that was really that was really important to me, particularly mm -hmm. with everything that's happened in current yeah, times, for sure. and also as a femme presenting person. Dude, if you weren't going to bring it up, believe me, I was going to be talking half the episode about it. That was yeah. one of those scenes that just like yeah. cut deep. You know, there's just scenes you watch sometimes, and I'm like, that one really stuck, oh. man. For sure. Someone someone on Twitter said, I believe it was Yoke Boy from Radio Westeros said something about it. There's one type of person who has a problem with them portraying this. And I was like, oh, is it dudes who have never seen a woman give birth or is it red pillars? It's like one or the other. All right. <laughs> Oh man! So my favorite moments in in the same scenes really when uh, Rhaenyra shows up with the dragon, you know, like awesome. And I just like because I just love that. Like you know what, I'm gonna do my fucking thing. And I was kind of anticipating her going to use the fire to go burn some boats or some people <laughs> at some point because I just kind of gathered like that's that's what she's gonna do. Because I'm, you know, I'm kind of like already kind of, you know, kind of feeling her character there where I'm like, okay, well, she's good. You know, she's not nuts, but she's willing to, you know, to kind of, you know, usurp like her dad's, you know, rule on what she should be doing. She's going to kind of do her own thing for the good of what, how it needs to be. So her showing up, I thought was fantastic. And then, of course, Damon and, and, and Kristen, just the, the smack talk. I thought that was just <laughs> great. I just, I just thought it was great writing. I was like, man, this, this is just good right here, you know. But then overall, really, I really enjoyed this episode a lot more than than the first one. I think the first one had more really? important stuff in it, you know. But this was like the other one was like a a, a turbulent, you know, plane ride, right? Because it's like up and then down and then up and then down. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one just did this nice kind of takeoff and just, you know. You got to the to the ceiling of altitude that you're gonna get, and then towards the end, it starts, you know, and it starts getting crazy. So I just thought like the uh, the the uh, pacing was a little better, you know, on this one personally. So it it definitely like it had my attention. I didn't feel like <clears throat> aside from the the uh, six month jump, right? I didn't have to like stop too many times and like rewind like I did in the first episode. In the first episode, I was like, okay, wait a minute, I missed that. Okay, wait a minute, I missed that. So you know, the hour episode took me almost two hours to watch because I was just kind of like jumping around. Where this one, it I just felt a little. I don't know. I felt like it, what it was trying to convey. It it just did a really good job with it, you know. So yeah, I thought it was a little slower. Than yep. the first episode, but not in a bad way. Yeah. But for me, it was Renera showing up on like just hi all. I'm busting <laughs> in on Cyrax. I'm gonna take your shit. Like yep. just she showed she showed that she could control and lead in that moment. And I think that there's going to be a lot of questions about whether or not she has the ability to be the leader, the queen, as you will, of Westeros. But in that moment, it really showed that she has the balls, if you will, <laughs> to, 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 to take control and 
to say like, hey, uncle, <laughs> you asshole. Yep. How dare you take the egg that I put in my brother's cradle, Dreamfire's egg. And for what? Is your paramour even pregnant? Oh, no, <sighs> she's not. Let's take that back then. Like, I mean, yeah, Damon was like, poof, just threw the egg over his shoulder at her. And she was like, yep, catch. And then she put it in that cute little, yeah. I'm sorry, but like that, that <laughs> cute little, little like hot pot. <laughs> the yeah. Little, yep. little hot pot. Little hot pot for the yep. egg. Oh. <laughs> you could easily add anytime time speaks in high valyrian to my favorite Tronda because uh when she asked the dragon keeper which egg in the valyrian you know when she speaks up mm. in the council meeting out of turn it was like i mean it just like that this act the actress who plays uh who plays renera is just so good and millie uh, alcock millie yeah millie alcock, alcock. Yeah. so good. good so good very good she's awesome in that scene and i think the high valyrian um makes it even better yeah i agree yeah. i agree agreed agreed well, as we close out the episode, we just want to give a shout out to our Heroes Chair patron and our guest for this episode, Tommy of the TKOK Podcast Network. Thank you so much for supporting us. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for Hot D Takes. Manny and I will be back a little later than usual next week due to Dragon Con, but with a new guest to cover House of the Dragon's third episode second of his name thank you for listening to the geek saga podcast if you like what you heard please check out other geek saga entertainment endeavors including the sagas and sass webcast and podcast and ice and fire con 